0: Welcome everybody to the Energy for Sales podcast, where we believe if you're not having fun, you might be doing it wrong.
1: Uh, no, Tim, you are doing something wrong. This should be fun.
0: <laughs> Sp- spoken like a true sales <laughs> coach. This is, this is Tim Hooper and-
1: David Oliphant.
0: Bringing you energy for your sales process. Stay tuned. Got our good friend David Allman back with us, sales, master sales coach, and joining us today special guest Janelle Rosenbaum. And guys, yeah, cheers. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. All right. So, <clears throat> Janelle, you're new to this show, so introduce yourself. Tell us where you're residing. and um, sure. In your coaching, and we'll kick we'll this off.
2: Hey, everyone. Uh, Janelle Rosenbaum. I am based in New York City, normally, not during the COVID crisis. And I am a new area sales manager at WFG National Title Company.
0: Cool. Janelle is a fantastic colleague and uh, agreed to join us on this uh, Energy for Sales uh, daft riff as we go over the topic of vulnerability. So, David, I'm going to let you kick this one off. You, early on in my life, encouraged a culture of vulnerability, an attitude of vulnerability. So we're going to talk today, guys, about vulnerability as your sales leader. How do you, what does vulnerability mean, number one? What does that look like? And then how do you build that internally and also externally? So, David, kick us off. Man, what does vulnerability mean to you?
1: Well, good morning, everyone. Um, very nice to meet you, Janelle and Tim. Always great to be back on. You know, being vulnerable takes a level of boldness. Uh, we can get really close with our. You think of vulnerability. Who are you vulnerable with? You're vulnerable with your family. Hopefully, you're vulnerable with yourself. Um, but I've seen it's a missing element in in sales teams and salespeople, and it's it's kind of a missed, not just a missing element when you can. Be truly vulnerable, and we'll get into a couple of those areas. Uh, the, um, the team really blossoms, and their ability to connect with prospects and clients, future clients, uh, becomes accelerated. So it's a, it's a trait that we all have, and, and we kind of hide it. I think you have to be bold to show your vulnerability with, in a selling environment, in a team environment. Uh, you know, we'll talk about some of those elements, having a safe and safe environment to do that is, is, is crucial. We had that, Tim, as you know, and you know what it feels like, uh, the difference between that and, and other environments. So, um, it's, it's definitely a missing piece and it can really accelerate a salesperson and a sales team and a company. The more vulnerable you can be with each other internally mm-hmm. and externally.
0: Hmm. In a few months of getting to know, well, David, you and I have known each other for years. And then in a few months of getting to know Janelle, I sense the same level as we've worked together, we've collaborated with several clients, we've collaborated with our teams. Um, I've sent the same level. So Janelle, what is, like personally, what does vulnerability to you mean?
2: So I agree with David. I think vulnerability and confidence have to go hand in hand because it's that boldness and that confidence to show your personality, show who you are, and put yourself out there, whether it's with your friends and family, current clients, or prospective clients. Being vulnerable means that somebody might reject you, but I think putting yourself out there opens up the greater possibility of a deeper connection. You know, everybody says you do business with who you like, and you have to be willing to say that not everybody's going to be going to like me, not everybody's cup of tea, but you have to be vulnerable to get that answer.
0: I love that. I love that. So, okay. Let me, let me, let me think. I love the quote that says people by people. Mm-hmm. And when they, what you're saying and you know what you're saying is it could be difficult, like in a professional setting to be who we truly are. Like you said, David, we're truly vulnerable around our family, hopefully around ourselves, like just who we are. Um, so if we can match who we are, like with what we do, and it just becomes this this congruence, this beautiful it makes you enter in, I think, to the sales at the at the table, over the phone, everything, your tone of voice, who you are, you're not you're not heightening this emotion inside of you that, oh, I'm on the phone with this brand new prospect. You are who you are. So you can enter into that equation a little bit well, a lot more confident, a lot more calmer, who you are, and probably have a lot more of that curiosity and, and just openness that we've talked about in, in previous shows. So I love this. So people buy people. So the more so if people buy people, the more vulnerable you are means the more sales you'll make. I mean, that, that seems to be a, a, a correct equation, right? The more open you are about who you are. Janelle, you build this into your, even your sales scripts and, or the way you come across on the phone or in, in an email. How do you do, how do you, how do you do that?
2: So, I mean, I like to, when I'm not that, Tim, you've gotten to know me, I'm not that formal of a person. It's not my comfort zone. So I like to just build a little bit of my personality, whether it's a bomb-bomb video or an email and just being honest with people. So whether I'm sitting filming a video telling people that, you know, hey, I'm sitting here, this is my workspace, my living space, my gym space, you know, I haven't showered in three days, whatever we're dealing with now during the coronavirus someone's going to probably latch on and relate to it. You know, I often like to send emails to people and tell them like, hey, we can have a drink right now. Right now, these days, it's virtual. You know, I'm drinking peanut butter whiskey. What do you guys like? To try to find something that maybe they're going to connect with or at least respond to.
0: I love that. David, what about you? I mean, you're training teams all day long on on scripts, on personality. I, I think you said the quote once, David, don't become plastic stay personal, you know, and in corporate America, you see a lot of that, that it's just that plastic feel, Right. And it's like, ah, I just, I don't know who that person is on the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you help build that into teams or how do you encourage, how do you do that
1: personally? Well, first off, I didn't say that, but I kind of like it. So I'm not, I won't, I can't take I that one. Did, man. That's um, <laughs> yeah. That's for strategy. Um, a couple things, uh, before I jump into that, um, you know, when we talked about vulnerability in a riff uh, a couple weeks ago, you had mentioned Janelle and and how perfect she would be, and uh, just getting to know her uh, over the past little bit, um, it, it's been great. So I think it's um, it's tremendous to have her, and she um, she's been vulnerable from the very beginning of a relationship, and that this relationship, uh, this phone call relationship, and so that tells me that she truly is uh, is is a student of this and, and uses it properly. You had mentioned earlier, you just said that so when you're vulnerable to Janelle, that should allow you to sell more. And I think what it, I think it's a little deeper. I think what it does is it allows you to connect and service and sell to the right type of people and get away from the people that are not a good fit. I mean, we talked about, we've talked about that in the past. So I think it's a, I think it helps you in both ways. It will, it will lead to more success because you'll, Clear yourself of the people that are not a connection that that don't appreciate vulnerability, that will not be vulnerable back to you. So I uh, wanted to just touch on that to your question. Um, again, the key starts with in a team um, be, as a leader being vulnerable. Um, my team's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a machine. <laughs> I'm a human being. I'm going to make mistakes and um, it's okay. to make mistakes as a leader. Uh, so personal vulnerability uh to them is important. Now I don't want to make mistakes every day, all day. Um that, that's not attractive. Um but but sharing um vulnerability on you know, this COVID nineteen uh the other day we had uh on our weekly meeting we were we had someone speak, we had about thirty minutes, so we all grabbed our pets and our kids and had them on and you know, so we got cats and big dogs and, and children and it was <laughs> You know, sharing—I think—is vulnerability. I wasn't vulnerable because I was—I was, you know, making a mistake and sharing that. But I was being open up with my team. Hey, these are my cats. I know that one of them throws up all the time, and I'll—I'll I'll tell them how my morning started um, uh, to show that you're human. That and so as a leader, you have to do that. Um, as a leader, you have to set an environment that, that mistakes and you know Tim. We've talked about this before—the uh, the, uh, the cool culture that we created. Um, where we brought mistakes, um, out into the open in our sales meetings and, you know, mm. in our fist bumps and gut checks again, we're being vulnerable. Hey, I messed up. Um, when you have a larger team, you sure don't want 14 people messing up the same way. So if you can share that experience and they can be vulnerable with each other, um, Mm. What's well, interesting? We did, one of the things we didn't talk about earlier was how we did our pipeline reviews, which was really being vulnerable as well. We used to, and we'll, so, we'll talk more in yeah, depth. Yeah. So before,
0: we, right? So before we jump into that, because that, that's definitely that's exactly what we're going to talk about next is we're going to talk about building that culture of vulnerability internally and then also building it externally in your in your client pr- growth process. So, but let me ask you this, ask you this. So. I love what you said, and I, I like Janelle, you, you said this, you teased, you teased it up for David, and, and David drove it home, is when we're vulnerable, when we, when we are who we are, we're going to attract the people who are okay with us being who we are, and not everyone needs to like us, so we can be okay knowing that if they don't like us, we probably weren't a good fit. However, why? I mean, why even talk about vulnerability? Why vulnerability? In my mind, what, what do you guys think about this? Vulnerability is really the gateway to growth. Like, so somebody once said, if you like, set a goal so big that you have to grow into the person to achieve that goal. So if you are vulnerable, say, and you're sloppy, right? But you're vulnerable. You say, hey, here's who I am. I'm sloppy. But you're okay with just staying there and you're like, you know, I'm just feeling vulnerable because we kind of have this like, I don't want to call it millennialistic mindset, but maybe it is. I don't know what, you know, people kind of throw demographics in and I, I really don't like to, you know, put labels on people. But, you know, you have this whole thing of I'm just, it's just raw. I'm just authentic. I'm just vulnerable. Right. And it's almost like this. I'm just going to be me. That's fine. That's good. I, I want you. I want to know who you are. But why, as a professional, be vulnerable? Shouldn't our vulnerability be because we are willing and desiring to grow? So say you have a big, huge agent. You're vulnerable. You're you're who you are. And you're vulnerable, right? You're not, like, going up there and and BSing this big agent. But you want them. But you're not quite there. Doesn't that mean you require you to grow into the professional, into the person, to match this level of sophistication or this level of client? So what do you guys think about the the thought vulnerability is the gateway to growth, to grow into the person you desire to become, to attract bigger, better? What is that? What is that? How does that hit you?
2: I mean, it sounds like, uh, you know, dressing for the job you want, right? And I guess, you know, and I'm going to actually pitch this to David so I can hear his answer. I'm curious how you balance that, you know, vulnerability with a client that you feel, you know, might be just a little bit outside your reach with having to also portray that level of confidence and capability, you know, what would you say to that?
1: Uh, it's interesting, Tim, as you were talking, uh, I was thinking that really vulnerability is about truth. It's about, it's about being true and true to yourself and that transcends into your organization. I'm glad you went there, Janelle, because I was going to go there. Um, that it can be a pathway for growth, but it has to be more steeped in truth. Because if if a company, if you're not ready to to service a company because of size, being vulnerable that we're not right yet, we have to grow to become that. Because the worst thing is to get them not service them well, have a have a black eye, a bad mark. But if you set the stage that we're not right yet, these are our plans. We should be ready for you in 2021 with everything we're putting in place. And then I'm going to call you back and, and, and we're going to partner together. So I think, um, it can be personally a growth path, but it, it's steeped in truth. You got to be truth. You have to understand your limitations <clears> as a person, as a company. Um, and, you know, all too, not often enough does a salesperson say, w- w- We're not, we're not right for you today, right? Because one of two things happens. The company grows and you are then right for them, or you end up growing yourself personally into another organization that's perfect for them. And will, they will remember that. Like she did not waste our time. She was honest. She was vulnerable. It wasn't the right fit. We talked earlier about happy years and, and um, this is like next level really understanding and being vulnerable and putting your company's vulnerability out there too.
0: So really what we just did was we segue beautifully into that external vulnerability. I think you brought up Patrick Lencioni's book, David, earlier as we were chatting about getting naked and really just the raw truth of here's where we're at, here's where we're going. And what's beautiful though is when you're on a pathway to growth, I think a lot of times when we're stuck, when we're not growing, I think that's where we feel like we have to put plastic up, like we have to put a facade up. But when we're truly growing every day and you are confident, we are going places, we're growing, here's our vision of growth, then you don't have as much pressure, you don't have as much fear to say, here's where we're going, but we're not there yet. So I think the pathway to to growth also um, gives energy to vulnerability. It gives more – I don't know. It encourages a more vulnerable attitude when you're growing, so I think they kind of go hand in hand. But I think you're right; they both are based in truth. So, talk a little bit more about internal. Let's 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 go back to as a sales leader. How do you encourage and how do you nurture a culture among your sales people of vulnerability? So I'll kick it off with you, David, and then Janelle. You tee off of David. Um, David, you can start with our our fist bumps and gut
1: checks if you want. Yeah. And, and, I would like to hear your perspective as well. Cause you were inside of that culture. Um, again, as a leader, you, you're going to have to be vulnerable as well. Can't be a do as I say, not as I do. Hey, you guys all, you know, talk about your flaws and, and your missteps throughout the week. And I'm, I'm Mr. Perfect up here. So, um, I'll just, I'll just judge it. Um, and, uh, and make uh, snide comments. So you have to be vulnerable. They have to truly believe that it is a safe place, a safe zone. And um, you know, again, weekly meetings with uh, bringing to to the group a uh, fist bump. Something went really well that you're proud of, that you maybe didn't think was going to end up in success, and 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 it went what you did to to um, lead it to there. And then. Um, the gut checks are something that you just really thought was a slam dunk and it just went sideways and you were not prepared for it. Either that or you created a tremendous rabbit hole for yourself and fell right down into it. Uh, So that was part of it. Uh, We added a little bit of uh, air of vulnerability um, with how we did pipelines uh, in the past uh, which I've used judge and jury where each month you would uh, bring to the group um, the case against you was that you weren't going to make your, your, um, your, your monthly number. And so your evidence was, here's where I am. This is my pipeline. These are my critical and high opportunities. And, and then, um, the jury was, and the judge were your peers. And so it led for interesting dialogue. You know, somebody would say, Hey Tim, you know, you need that big opportunity to close, to make your number and you think you're going to make it. And you've said that for three months in a row, what's different now? So I think that level of vulnerability is when the team can uh, begin to collaborate, hold each other accountable, and maybe even um, call the, uh, the uh, um, uh, I like to use the word BS, but the BS card, that's that's crap, Tim. You're not going to make it, but it's a combination of that. And, you know, again, when we were in the um, automotive industry, uh, manufacturing industry we our company maybe was not um was not a safe place to to share this stuff but we still created an environment within our sales organization where it was um okay to do that and we grew and we grew the business and we grew professionally so it's a long answer i think those are just some of the elements starts with the leader though jenna what do you what did you hear in that that resonated with you
2: so it's interesting when I think about leading a team and I've only been at this company a couple of months, but I've led teams at other places, you know, I have always heard and I've experienced managers that have that hero complex, you know, they can put the cape on, they can come in and get the sale, they can do it better. And I think having lived that and experienced that, I try to go the exact opposite. You know, I try to kind of get in the dirt with my team, roll my sleeves up and I make sure they know that, you know, I can't do this better. What I can maybe do is offer a different experience or perspective for you. And you know, Tim, you and I do this all the time with our teams. You know, we talk about our sales wins and build each other up, and then we also hold each other accountable with our sales struggles. You know, myself included, I make sure I want to tell my team that yeah, I got one great email back from an interested client. I sent ninety nine messages that were not responded to. So try to create that safe space that, you know, hey, I need the accountability and I need the feedback too.
0: I I, I love what you said, um, the hero complex, because while sales wins are so important, and I agree with every sales leader out there who says, share your sales wins because that helps build confidence in the team. And it shares ideas for sure. I mean, we get so many ideas when we share sales wins. The only problem is a lot of times we downplay the sales struggle. And in fact, in our minds, because our minds are negativity biased naturally, that's how the human brain is wired. In our mind, there's this huge elephant in the room. A lot of times in our room that we don't bring to the forefront. And if if the pressure or if the emphasis is on sales wins only, then what happens is this elephant stays in the room. And I'm afraid to bring this, this loss this crushing weight of loss that I, I'm I'm messing up on this client or or I lost this big opportunity or I'm stuck with this client. But if I don't share if I don't share a win, then I'm gonna be looked on or looked at as less of. So being able to say you don't have to have one or the other because a lot of sales organizations true, truly, truly is this production can't do this or we can't do this or we can't and so yes, I understand sales wins are a must to overcome. But you don't have to have one or the other. You can have both. And you can celebrate a gut check as a win. And, in fact, here's my takeaway, David. When we did that, we actually named. So we have one chapter in your book, Sanker on Sanker. And it was one of those times. <laughs> I know, that sounds terrible. But it was like we were, there was this huge factory on Sanker Road, and we went in there. We thought it was a win. We went in there, and it completely went sideways. And so the lesson on Monday morning fell huddle, and again, this took about six months to change culture to get us comfortable enough to share that, you know, you're out on by yourself and something went sideways. You don't want to come back to the team and tell them how you screwed something up. But we got it to the point where we named the blow-up. So it was – stanker on stanker. So it kind of made it more lighthearted. We sat around the table. We said, all right, what was your gut check? Well, let me tell you about the stanker on stanker. And here's what happened. And here's how I have to get better next time. And and then David would be like, Tim, thanks so much for bringing that up. Guys, like, what if we did this different? Or what if we, whatever. And it almost got to the point, and I hate saying this or admitting this, but it really was. It got to the point where our sales losses were celebrated as much as Our sales wins so that we wanted to share both. And I'm telling you where I got the most sales coaching and and help is when I still not not win, is when I shared the loss. Because the next time I was better prepared, I deployed my weapons better. I steered clear of the bad prospects, not bad people, but just not a good fit. And I was just much more of a sales professional, so much more confident. So I think bringing the elephant into the room is what, they, what the vulnerability in the sales challenges does. So I love what you said, Janelle. No hero complex, guys. Let's, let's make that a hashtag right now. No hero complex if you want to lead in, lead
1: a vulnerable sales culture. I love that. Yeah, I think, um, and Janelle brought up a, um, a, a great point, one that I've forgotten, and, and the key to this is being a road warrior with your team, being in the trenches with them. That builds that trust and vulnerability, Tim and I, I mean, we had a five-hour drive radius of, of Nashville as a as a territory, and if just Tim was up at five and getting started to open a plant at in Georgia um, at seven a.m., that'd be one thing. But uh, I mean, we would meet. I was we were on the road. We put fifteen hundred miles on the road in three days each week. Um, so being that road warrior is is spot on to you know um you know a leader not being above doing the work that your team is doing um and doing it with them also i mean we've, we've talked before that's sales leaders that just sit behind and look at data and analytics if, if you're not with your team if you're not riding along if you're not listening to calls if you're not understanding what the client is asking for and the struggles that um that your sales are up against um you're you're not developing and, and i think that vulnerability comes out of that so that was a that was a great point, And that is a absolute key to um, creating a, a team that does that.
0: I love that. Fantastic. And th- thanks for that input, um, both of you. Um, let, let's switch quickly and, and really just touch briefly because we're, we're pr- practically out of time here. Um, and this has been so good. This is cutting deep. Um, but how do you, and, and you already touched on this a little bit earlier about listening to truth and, and being vulnerable with the prospect, even as you're, Leveling up, or you know, presenting in the best case your capabilities, and and still keeping the, the the openness of saying we're not there yet, whatever. So externally, how do you how do you encourage being vulnerable with prospects, with clients, um, early on, and within as you go in your forward object, objectives with them. Maybe not presenting. I think sometimes the complex is trying to present something perfectly to a client when maybe getting their buy-in early on can create some synergy, can create some some development together. You you can you can do a lot more. I think if you'll be vulnerable up front. So maybe share Dave, your your thoughts, Janelle. You can get you can uh, have the closing uh, argument, uh, <laughs> the closing comment, and um, and then we'll we'll wrap this up.
1: We talked quite a bit about this before we jumped on the yeah. video and I'd be interested to see what Janelle's takeaways were to that. Um, unless she, she wants me to kick it off. I'm happy to do that, but she had some great points and, and some moments of clarity through that.
2: Yeah. I think we talked about, you know, just being open with, you know, whether they're current clients or potential clients open to their feedback and putting yourself out there and being willing to ask them, you know, Hey, what did you think? You know, if somebody is going to tell you maybe it's not a right fit, I think you need to ask the questions as to why. And I think putting yourself and opening yourself up to any rejection or any potential, I don't want to say criticism. So maybe constructive feedback is always a vulnerability that people struggle with. So I think that's important when you're talking to your clients or potential clients to kind of stay quiet for a minute and let them give you that feedback. That was probably the biggest takeaway I took from this morning.
1: Very good. So and I want
0: to, you know, to chime in on that. Go ahead, Tim. Um, so one thing we were talking about this morning as we were just grabbing our first cup of coffee and clearing the bugs out of our eyes. Um, we, we, we had mentioned a call Janelle and I were on this week with a prospect. And um, one of the things, uh, you know, Janelle had the relationship with him for, for years. And, you know, I've been pursuing him for nine months. We finally get him on a call and it was interesting. So I kind of rigged him a little bit. I'm like, well, thanks so much for giving Janelle this win. She's been with the organization two months and jump, you jump on the phone with her. I've been after you for nine months and you didn't jump on the phone with me. So I just kind of being, you know, trying to be myself and funny. And, and he said something. He said, well, I, I've seen your, I've seen your bomb bomb videos. I know who you are. Janelle just took it over the top. So it was a cool comeback, and and this guy is just a, a great human being. Um, but one thing we talked about earlier today, David, you interrupted and said, hey, did you ask him, did you, did you stop him and say, hey, what did you think about my video? So right there was a learning moment for me where early on with a prospect, just, just having some dialogue, some vulnerable, like give me some feedback, like this is something new I'm doing, these video touches, like what did you think about them? So – that right there was a huge aha for me, like, wow, you know, I was excited that this guy was on the phone, So sometimes we get excited, sometimes we're not thinking as curiously as we could, so I think just staying vulnerable would lead to growth, to curiosity, to feedback, um, to asking open-ended questions, to truly listening. Um, it was a huge, huge lesson for me this morning, and I got excited about that, but so they like, what when you're in a conversation with somebody, what are, what, how do you have that level of rhythm to stop them and say, tell me more or how how do we build more of that?
1: Yeah. Well, I know that, you know, we've talked a lot about curiosity and I've been in sales myself and I know that when that happens, I know Tim, your mind went to, well, what did you think? what did you think about them? Uh, and what did you think about my videos? And so I think the key is really being in tune with yourself and having that confidence that because I know you, I, I know you, I know you wanted to know what he thought. It's just taking that confidence to the next level that I'm going to put myself out there potentially to hear some things I don't want to hear this moment that are just vastly important. I, you know, I know in the sales process people are curious as to what the next step is. What are they thinking? What's going to happen next? Well, just ask it, ask it and set those up front. I know it's there. And if it's not there, then you're probably in the wrong business. I mean, if you don't care what the next thing, then again, it's going to go to the daftness. I'm just whimsical. I'm just floating around, bouncing around. So what? But I know, I know it's there internally. I know that people, I know that salespeople are like, man, what, what's next? What, what do they think? It's just having that confidence to, what,
0: So as you develop that, can I ask a question? What do you think? Okay, Janelle, you know this guy. So what do you think about this? So I'm going to take this recording and I'm going to send it to this individual because I I know he'll appreciate it. And I'm going to say, hey, by the way, (laughs) what did you think about my videos? I mean, is there a comeback? Is there like you're driving away from the client and you text them and say, hey, this thought hit me and I didn't bring it up in the conversation? what did you say? You mentioned you see my videos. I want your gut honesty. What do you like and dislike about them? Like, can you have a comeback like that?
2: I mean, my gut reaction is what if he says he doesn't like them? But I guess that's part of the struggle and part of me having the confidence to get that feedback. And <laughs> right. That fear. Right.
1: Hey, you know, we talked about that um, earlier as well, that it's okay. If you miss the moment to ask that, to be reflective. It's like, you know, I was, I was thinking about, I was thinking about you, I was thinking about our conversation and our ability to help you. And, you know, I should have asked a question because I'm curious. Um, you said you have seen my videos. What, what do you think? What, what, what do you like about him? What do you dislike? Because you need to know the answer. He doesn't like them, And you stop sending them to him. I mean, cause he still could be interested in, in, in partnering with you. So, um, you just, you know, I know your mind had to feel, and that, and Tim, if your mind didn't go to, I'm curious as to what he thought, then you were all absorbed inside of yourself. You were not listening. You were not connecting with him. You were not putting him first. You you were on a path. And a lot of salespeople get that. they will ask this question. they will ask this question. I'll ask this question. Well, absorb this a bit. Let's go a little deeper. Again, I mean, we've talked about it, do we have a sales process or or are we in a buying process? Are we helping the the person buy from us? If we're helping them buy from us, we're absorbing what they're saying. And yeah, we have to take it down the path we want, want to, but we can't just head down. Sales process says I do this, this, and then that, and then that. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What did he just say? Right. Right. So
0: that's fantastic fantastic feedback uh, <laughs> i've gotten so much out of today and so thank you so much for joining us janelle thanks for your insight david always a pleasure and i uh, will see you all back here next week as we talk about getting commitment early on in the buying not sales process in the buying process adios
1: sounds great
2: thanks